right, we are recording. Um, welcome to this week's Canary Cast with me, Cleo Flynn, along the coastline and up in the mountains, the one and only Janet Elskine. Hello, everybody. Janet, how are you and the chickens? We are all very well. We are isolated and away from the absolute and utter madness that seems to be engulfing the entire bloody planet right now. <laughs> so we are, <laughs> we are very well. Well, let's oh, start, start closer to home than the planet, than the rest of the planet. We'll talk <laughs> about the rest of the planet in a minute. Um, I, I think people just might be interested in the latest news from La Palma. I mean, isn't it funny how after the first 48 hours of, oh, my God, look at the volcanoes erupting. This is either worrying stroke, exciting stroke, fascinating for scientists. In a way, people are kind of just now thinking, oh, the volcanoes erupting. It's happening in La Palma, it will keep happening in La Palma because there's no end in sight. No, and yesterday I held Harper's and various scientists were saying exactly that. They they don't know where this is going, they don't know how long it's going to last for. It seems that the volcano has gone from an initial appearance of having a rather small volcanic chamber of magma which is what they started off by saying. It's only a little volcano. It's, it's not going to do that much, um, this particular one. Um, and now they're saying, well, it's obviously recharging itself from somewhere. There is some great depth there, magma chambers of enormous size. This could go on for some time, but only 8% of La Palma is directly affected. Yeah. 92% of the island is carrying on as normal. And the biggest problem in daily life, as I understand it there, apart from the fact that there is this ruddy great volcano spewing ash and lava everywhere, is the banana plantations, because they're all down in the south because of the volcanic soil from previous eruptions. And they have to be irrigated, obviously. And they have these enormous um, water pipes. And the last one of those that supplied the majority of the banana plantations in the south broke the other day. So they have had a major scramble over the last 48 hours to get emergency water supplies, because this is an entire island's economy. La Palma doesn't have the tourism economy we have. No, it has a very small tourist economy. It's bananas. And they can't afford, if they lose their bananas, they lose their entire economy virtually. So there's been a major reaction and once again we have to say Cleo that the way the authorities have reacted to this has been coordinated cohesive effective and quick mm-hmm. Pedro Sanchez was here again on on Sunday the Spanish Prime Minister yeah and they he announced sure. if I remember a, a further funding of 106 million euros which yeah. is going directly they, to infrastructure isn't it housing yeah. roads agriculture you know, so not just not just homes for people have lost homes because that's already got funding, but this is now for kind of a greater infrastructural investment, which will need to happen very quickly, but obviously but can't happen until the volcano stops erupting. Exactly. I mean, they are having to make emergency temporary provisions like reopening roads that have had lava fields going across them. Um, for example, the pipe for the water for the banana plantations in the middle of an active and it appears currently increasing eruption. And then, of course, they have to make provision that when it is all over, they will have to get involved in a real reconstruction exercise at that point, depending on what scenario they're facing then. It is a major exercise. I have to say their response is impressive. I'm not easy to impress. 
<laughs> no. But, uh, but they have. It, it is, in terms of a government, doing everything it can in the best possible way. They are doing it. And it is worth repeating yet again that there have been no injuries, no deaths, um, that, you know, people, yes, they've lost their homes and livelihoods, and that must never be forgotten, but nobody has lost lives. There have no. No, no lives have been lost yet during this volcano, nor during the 1971 volcano. I mean, the one person did die subsequently from inhaling toxic gases. So, I mean, and that just can't be stressed enough. The, I suppose the efficiency of the emergency service and the scientific teams in predicting you know, not to the day, but to the week, what was going to happen and when, and having the plan in place. It, indeed. And one thing, at least, that we do have now is we have these new and reinforced face masks <clears throat> because we've all had to have them because of COVID. So yeah. most of us have got a supply of them and shops and chemists and supermarkets are selling them, you know, as though they were a box of tissues. These are normal accoutrements now of our daily lives anyway so people in La Palma are not going to be finding that anything unusual at the moment they will need to wear face masks because these toxic gases can be harmful but in general yeah it's, it's marvellous nobody has lost their lives properties have been lost and yes that is devastating and people's lives will be different of after course that, but they are being rehomed and rehoused and one thing I would like to to mention that might have passed people by who aren't sort of actively watching what's going on. Early on, when it first started, people were told if you have agricultural, this is a very agricultural island, um, La Palma, and people were told if you have agricultural animals, then livestock, then speak to the cabilder because they will tell you where you can take them and how they can be looked after. And if you're being rehoused because you're being evacuated and you've got a pet and you can't take it, get your family to look after them. But everybody else, just open your door and let your animal go. Because you can't be evacuated and leave your animal locked in a building that the lava is oh. going to consume. You have to give them the best chance you can. And as I was writing it, I thought, how many of us could do it? You with your cat, me with my chickens. Could you just say, off you go, good luck. Well, my cat wouldn't. He died in the wardrobe, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to take him. <laughs> It must be. It must have been devastating. For so Absolutely. Many one, and one thing that happened, yes, or the last couple of days, is there is an, a Swiss organisation which has helped found a website run by La Palma animal activists, who are now going to be actually reuniting and looking for creatures that have been just let go to save their lives. Wonderful. They have now been court and they are going to be coordinating so that these animals hopefully will be reunited with their owners who had to let them go can you imagine what that's going to look like when we see those scenes of perhaps a dog that people had to let go and I can't wait to see those signs in all the grief and the Morderish scenes that will be a real focus of joy for people and I can't wait to see those scenes Hollywood watch out <laughs> this will be movie times. This will be, Absolutely. you know, this will be the, the closing scenes of the La Palma volcanic movie called Lava Land. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant, Lava Land. <laughs> you know, 
I'll sell it. I will. I'll, I'll copyright the name. I can sell it to the nearest Hollywood <laughs> producer. It's fine. But I thought of it first. OK. <laughs> oh, yes, <certainly> did. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, um, we had part of the cone of the volcano collapsing on Sunday and um, there was an, a new lava flow. So we laugh and we joke, but it is still a very dangerous situation. But the danger level hasn't escalated to a worrying degree. I mean, the sign, nobody is saying that any of the rest of the islands are in danger. Nobody is saying that the rest of the island of La Palma is in danger. So, I mean, it seems for now still to be very much contained in what, in as you said, a particular part of the island. Let's be totally realistic here. It, these are volcanic islands and people around the globe live in volcanic um, uh, environments, whether Hawaii or Sicily. I mean, look at Sicily. Edna's always mm. going off. And Iceland. Live in, Iceland, a good example. Um, but also places like Naples. Okay, that particular area has had one devastating explosion because Pompeii got wiped out. But generally, people do live in these areas because within their own... Um, Within their own context, these volcanoes have an understandable range of actions that you can live safely within the sphere of activity. And people are doing that. As I say, 8% of La Palma is directly affected, they say, by this volcanic activity in Santa Cruz de La Palma. Life goes on pretty much as normal, apart from people are walking around with umbrellas in the streets because there's a little bit of ash in the air. And... We just have to accept that we live in a volcanic region and these things happen. And as long as the rules are followed, we have a virtually guaranteed chance of remaining safe. Well, let's move on then. But let's take the word rules as our bridge into the next item. I'm doing my producer hat now. Where am I producer hat? Because we wanted to talk about the rule changes that came into force yesterday for travellers to and from the UK, um, particularly, say, people who live here or who stay here long term under Brexit rules, of course. Uh, and they now, as of yesterday, if you're travelling to England, you don't have to take a pre-flight test if, if you are fully vaccinated. And that's an important if. So, I mean, in general, things seem to be easing off. Certainly COVID figures here are very positive, moving in the right direction and in the rest of Spain as well, as a rule. And I think that's worth stressing. Um, And travel got a little bit easier from yesterday if you're going to and from the UK. I mean, it's already been easy if you're traveling around the European Union, you know, um, as we've talked about before, uh, very easy. So... I mean, that's that's only a good thing, I think, because as long as people are being safe and careful and not trying to breach the rules. You still need to take a day two test on arrival in England, and that still needs to be a PCR test, I understand, but that will change in the near future to a lateral flow stroke antigen test. They are opening up, aren't they, bit by bit, and things are becoming more... I, I think what's happening is people are becoming slightly more acclimatised to <clears throat> the idea that we do need to be a little bit more cautious than we have learned to be through the most part of our lives. Mm. And the virus is still around and we have to live with it 
and we can only do that now the vaccination rates are so high but within our daily life we have to constantly i think now have to wear or at least carry a mask so that we can protect ourselves when we feel vulnerable and put it on yeah i mean i have i have mine on a on a chain around my neck the whole time when i'm out of the house exactly exactly and and you look at la palma now and you think well their face masks are even good to you know protect them there there is actually no good reason to say you may not wear a face mask and Mm. there's every reason to do so if you feel the need to do so so yeah yeah, People I mean, are going it, to start traveling again, and tourism is is beginning to reactivate here a little bit. You can feel it, can't you? Very it's much still so. Very I mean, quiet. Still very I was quiet. reading today the taxi sector has already reported, you know, that they've had an eighty five percent occupancy rate in the last month. I think, which has really revived the sector in the south of of Tenerife. Okay. Um, okay. Hotels are reporting excellent figures. I'm sure Christmas is fully booked. If you look at the flight prices. For around about Christmas time, they're off the charts compared to this time last year. There weren't any flights, were there? Um, and I mean, people are thinking, again, we've talked about this before, about the kind of the way the timeline isn't a straight timeline. There's, there was a knot in the timeline in 2020 and people are kind of just forgetting about it. And they're you know yes. moving on yes. um, and talking about Christmas as if it was two years ago, I think. I hope. I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to see my family at Christmas, but I'm not making plans yet. Yeah, I mean, Christmas, we we learned last year that we can survive a year where Christmas is compromised significantly, and it's going to be better this year. At least, I imagine for most people, it will be better this year than it was last. Um, Hopefully, there won't be another COVID wave uh, to affect us over Christmas, and we will have our supplies here, so there is no reason why we can't have everything we want. There's that um, word supplies, Janet. There is that word. I mean, we have no we have no supply issues here. So no, well, is which no. is what we what we want to talk about, don't we? I mean, we just uh, uh, I guess we we need to talk about supplies. It's it's not really part of Canary Cast, maybe, but I think both of us have been, I mean, almost bemused by the, the kind of allegation. I mean, allegation is the wrong word, but the statements that have been coming out of certain. Um, people in the UK that the lack of supplies in British supermarkets of certain goods is exactly the same as the rest of Europe and it's got nothing to do with Brexit and you kind of go to Mercadona or you go to Lidl here and you think are you going to get petrol and think what are they talking about what lack of supplies I mean I have noticed nothing the only place I've noticed price increase would be in some British owned supermarkets here where I have noticed they have to yeah, I mean, that's obviously because they are importing and importing now is it's more is expensive for, from the UK. And yeah. of course, there are supply issues with regard to transport from the UK. It's true that the supply chain crisis and the HGV driver crisis is a global one. There is no doubt. It's just that that has not led to no. shortages in and I mean, everywhere listening- else that the UK has had. So that's that's the added thing. What is more significant as well is that these shortages aren't affecting Northern Ireland, which is the crucial thing to show what is the cause of the extra bit of problem the UK has, which is Brexit. Yeah. It has caused yeah. extra problems there because even Northern Ireland doesn't have the supply problems because, as we know now, there is a border in the Irish Sea. 
rather so than on the island essentially remains in the single market even yeah. though the rest of the uk yeah. is not and it is not being in the single market that has caused the additional problems that have resulted in supply problems causing shortages in the uk we have the same stresses but they haven't caused the same problems especially- i also okay i'm i'm not british which you know people know um and I try not to make statements that might be construed as critical of a nation or a government that isn't mine. But I found the whole, the, the way people spoke about the issuing of temporary visas for uh, HGV drivers to go back to the UK to work for three months, uh, driving lorries, very odd, because there was an implicit sense of, may I say arrogance that there were would be hordes of drivers queuing up to claim these 5,000 visas because their life was so miserable now that they couldn't live in the UK uh, and there was 127 applicants which is as, now as stated by, by the Prime Minister himself yeah and and to me that that was obvious. It was obvious from the minute that this statement was issued that there were going to be visas, which would finish on the 24th of December. That thing, who in the right mind is going to apply for them? Why would you think that people would apply for them? Uh, and you kind you of felt to, like saying, you, have you not listened? Why would you go to your country and then know that Christmas Eve was your last day of leaving legally, that you could be arrested if you overstayed, that you mightn't actually be able to get out looking at... But a country that also spent years saying that they wanted you to get out. Absolutely. I am failing at the moment, hopelessly, to assimilate what is coming out of my own country. You you can't criticise. I I understand that. If you are Irish, it's very difficult to criticise the UK government. I am not so constrained. They are lying and ruining the country with their lives. We have been told for five years or so now that people know what they want. They know what they want. They know that they want sovereignty and blue passports and happy fish. And we want no rules. We don't want to be under the European Court of Justice. We don't want to be constrained by the EU. We don't want to have Eurocrats governing all our rules. We don't want to be told what human rights we can allow people. We don't want this. We know, and since Brexit, we have been told we knew what we were voting for. Now it transpires that what we were actually voting for is going to your corner shop for a slice of bacon and a pint of milk, which is supplied by a local farmer because the supply chains to supermarkets have been broken intentionally. This is from the government yesterday in their own party conference. Deliberate destruction of supermarket supply chains in order to return to a scene that would be familiar to anyone who has watched Midsummer Murders, a deliberate return to the 1950s. That's what people voted for, and they knew it. That is essentially what the Conservative government told us yesterday in their own party conference. I can That's see... what Brexit was, 1950s. I am incandescent at what has happened to my country and what the Conservative government has done to my country. You can't well, criticise, I can I wonder if there's going rewrites of a Christmas carol taking place even as we speak. <laughs> Are there no workhouses? Well, I don't Are know. No alms. What's an alm? Can we reintroduce alms and give them to the poor? 
<laughs> an almhouse. But I mean, we are talking about the sort of Christmas where it is unimaginable to me that they are even worrying about Christmas because they are looking at a winter of discontent. Mm. They have just removed in the name of leveling up. Sorry, this is turning into a rather sort of left-wing rant, isn't it? But it's not meant to be, but I am beside myself as what is happening to my own country. They have just, in the name of leveling up, removed 20 pounds a week from the poorest people in the country. They have removed people's chances of getting work. They are saying that they want people to learn how to drive lorries and pick well, pineapples or raspberries or something, and everybody's going to be paid a fortune now because we're going to level up and we're going to have a high-wage economy. None of this cheap, unskilled labour from the EU. Oh, by the way, can you come and drive my lorry, but go by Christmas? Yeah. What is this? What is this? I mean, I, I do, I, looking from outside, I find it quite confusing, is a polite way of putting it. Um, I can't assimilate it. It's and, a and, uh, yes, when I was in the UK, in England a couple of weeks ago, I, I had a delightful time. Um, and, I, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed my stay there. I found the people I met were lovely and friendly and interesting and chatty. Um, and certainly there was no hostility towards me as a non as a non Brit. And I might that that must be stressed. I, I really, really, really enjoyed the brief stay I had in the UK in England just a couple of weeks ago. And I'm sad that this is happening because I, I think that the people who will be badly affected will be the people who have the, 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 the smallest or I suppose the lowest voice in terms of volume, in terms of political volume. Uh, and that yeah. saddens me because it is a great country. I mean, if you look back over the history of England and the UK, there's so much there that has to be applauded and lauded. And I just hope that this can be got through. I mean, I, I do think and I hope after Brexit, it was sad as a European to see the UK vote to leave. But the hope is that the two entities can live and survive and thrive side by side, but not at the moment. No, not at the moment. And I, I would just say that, OK, I can rant about my own country and I dare say it gets up knows of a few people but I would just say that I too love the UK I think it's a great country my anger arises from what has been done to it mm. and I am very sad at what I see being done to it and, and the apparent unfairness look at the moment with the Pandora papers and you see the hidden wealth of some of these people who present themselves as protectors of the poor yeah yeah across party lines too Exactly. And I'm afraid I find what is being done to the most vulnerable people, they're very annoying at the moment, not least because we have family there, we have daughters there, we have grandchildren there, we have relatives, my sister's there. Apart from everything else, it's our nationality. I don't like to see what's happening to my own country. But anyway. Well, let's hope, let's see what happens. So, I mean, let's hope that between now and the end of the year, things can begin to resolve themselves. I mean, I, no one wants to see a country in, in desperation or a winter of discontent, dis discontent meaning um, that people are deprived, that people are hungry, that people are, are going without heat, 
that people are suffering. I mean, nobody wants to see that. So fingers crossed there can be a workable resolution to this and a long-term resolution to it. Anyway, let us finish, if we may, with, again, let's come back home to that, hey, because I'm going to plug the local fiestas that are that have started um, because we are in fiesta mode. And, uh, I mean, I said this online as well. Not There is no big Romaria. So the, we're not back to full fiesta mode yet, but we're getting there. Um, and there are a couple of, I mean, there's, if you look at the main program, which is online in English on the Adeche Town Hall blog page, there's uh, a couple of clown performances. So there's the International Festival of Clowns taking place in the Plaza Salutienne and in Adeche Town as well. There's a couple of great concerts. Agonai is the big one, which is happening oh, yes. on the uh, 16th of October tickets are only three euros it's in the football stadium and there's still tickets available you need to go to adeche.es and click on fiestas and then you can pick the event you want there's also a concert this weekend with uh, Benito Cabrera with lovely traditional canary music and lots of other things happening and what I wanted to stress too is in most of the main events there is what's what has now kind of evolved in Spain as it's called filo zero which means row zero and basically, if you can't go to a concert or if you can't go to an event, you can still buy a ticket. I'm doing air quotes here because obviously this is a podcast. <laughs> so you can you can buy a ticket, for you know, which means it doesn't mean you're going anywhere. But what you're doing is is making a donation and all donations and all ticket sales go to help the people of La Palma. So that is worth a mention. And I would just if you have kids. If you live in an area or nearby, have a look at the program online because next week, so Monday and Tuesday, which is the 11th and 12th of October, are fiestas. So the 11th is a local fiesta in Adeje and the 12th is a national Spanish fiesta. So those two days here in Adeje, banks and schools will be closed. The offices of the council will be closed and there will be lots of events geared in particular towards families and kids on those two days. So it will be worth checking out. I mean, half past six, there is, uh, there's a clown show in the Plaza de España. Um, and, oh, and there's another thing I do want to mention as well. On the 13th of October, anybody who's been up to the Cultural Centre, at the back of the Cultural Centre, there's a big, long white wall. And over the last couple of months, it has been painted with faces of women who inspire in the Canary Islands. So it's it's called the Moral de Mujeres Canarias. And that's going to be inaugurated as well on the 13th. And it is just, it's, it was a beautiful piece of work. I'm going to be talking to one of the artists on English Time on Thursday. Um, and it is just, you know, moving towards a recognition of women as well as men in the Canary Islands who have brought us to, to the place we are today. And I mean, one of the women who's there is Ilda. People might know Ilda. She's one of the Walk for Life inspirational women who's still suffering very badly from cancer. So it, these are the kind of women who are featured from scientists to, to sports people, to artists, to people who inspire. So that's that's another thing worth keeping an eye on. And and that is where I will finish, I think, for now, Janet. I don't know if you have, have something to add. Only that, if you've never heard of Agonai, and given that the tickets are only, if you want a cheap George Michael ticket, get one of those, because this kid is, He's a young George Michael. Oh, he's, he's fabulous. And he will... Good. He's fabulous. Do you know what I didn't so know? Well 
apparently he is already huge in Latin America and Mexico and in Uruguay and he's been touring so I there. understand so I understand he has a massive following yeah, yeah. and with and with good reason well of course it's Latino music and it, it really will appeal in those sort of but he has made it he has made it in America yeah essentially not North America but in in America as we understand America he's already very very big indeed the lovely thing about those tickets is that if you're not going and it, the money will go to La Palma yeah. which is where I want to end they are confirming officially now they do not need food or clothing donations they have got that covered for the moment at least okay so anybody who wants to help is financial donations only and these can be made through official channels so that everybody knows the money is actually going directly to where it needs to go and there's a link on my website and they'll be everywhere else of course. exactly on my, on my website for example there will be a link through so that people can make financial donations wherever they are they do need financial donations right now because they are living through an ongoing changing chaotic situation yeah. so any, any help that people can give will be appreciated and to tease people why don't i i add on to the end of the podcast when i do my fabulously skilled editing i will play us out with a taste of agonai as well from his new that album would be fantastic because and encourage is- people he really is a kid, you know, he's a kid. It's his birthday this week, like the weekend of his concert as well. And he, I mean, he's a young Adeche lad. He's, he sang John the Baptist in the Good Friday processions. He trained through the Adeche School of Music. So he really is one of our own. Yes, he is. All right. Janet, Happy until next week. Agana. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, I indeed. And we will talk <laughs> next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Esto que ocurrió no volverá a pasar Se nos escapó de las manos del alma en aquel lugar Fuiste un cielo azul en la tormenta gris Un amanecer, un reflejo, un recuerdo del ayer